that isn't it interesting that we all have a preoccupation with seating? We, and we prefer to have premium seats because seats matter. And what's interesting is that we can see that those seats that we desire to have are probably very important on airplanes. And uh, when, I, when I think about that, that airplanes now have offered discounted tickets. But with that discounted, discounted ticket, you can't select your own seat assignment. But they will assign a seat for you when you check in. And so if you are traveling with someone, then it is most likely that you will not be able to sit together. And that's a problem. Why? Is because seats are important. Have you ever sat in a, uh, gone, and you've been on a plane and you've, you, you were given the middle seat? And, and, and you saw people passing by and you were just like, uh, and no one was on the either side of you, but you were in the middle seat and people were just passing by and you were like, keep going. <laughs> keep on trucking. And you were hoping that you could have that row all by yourself. Because, see, you don't want to be sitting in the middle and you've got a stranger over here and a stranger over there and you are sitting in the middle of strangers. Recently, I... Um, tried out an airline that our son, our youngest son, suggested to me, and it has the cheapest fares around. How many have flown that airline? I thought it was a Christian airline because of the name. <laughs> but I found out that their seats were, the, the, the distance between their seats were not normal. And not only that, but they charge you for everything. Somebody said, can I get a witness? (laughs) But they charge you for everything. They they even will charge you to check in at the airport. And so they do have some seats that you can pay a premium for on the airline. And, And so they've got first class and they've got coach. But in coach, they've got some seats that they call premium, where they give you a little bit extra leg room, but it costs you. So recently I was flying and I didn't have one of those additional leg room seats, but I I always check the app and I'm looking to see if they're available because at the last minute I'm going to ask if they could just give me that seat as I go on the plane. So I did that. Recently, and this lady says, uh, well, sir, that'll be $28 upgrade. And I said, but, but it's open. And no one, he says, she says, still, it's 28 bucks. <laughs> now, they don't offer you any free meals. They don't offer you anything special other than that additional cost is just for what? The seat. So seats are really important, and we can see that more and more as we live our lives. But you know what? Seats are important at home, too. Do you know what? At, at, at our house, we have um, a, a chair that I sit in and a chair that Gwen sits in. And Gwen has had me convinced for years 
that my chair was the most comfortable chair in the house. Until one day, recently, I sat in her chair. Mommy's chair. And I recognized that her chair is the most comfortable chair in the house. But I thought my chair was. And so I sit in that chair. But all of us know that when Gwen comes into the house, you got to get out of that chair. Why? It's because that is mommy's chair. Seats are so important. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 10 because Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's talking to them about seats. In the book of Mark chapter 10, seats are important. And you know what? We even recognize that, that even in church seats are important. You know, we have our own seat. I like to sit on the side, not in the middle. And although our names are not on those seats, everybody should know that that's my seat. Mark chapter 10, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's chosen these men and uh, they are men that Jesus not only have chosen, but men that would later go on and impact the world. And so he uses uh, seating to teach them about serving. In Mark chapter 10, verse 33, let's read it together. Now, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles, verse 34, and they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. Jesus knows the end from the beginning. And isn't that good news? That he knows the end from the beginning. And so although you are at maybe at the beginning of some things in your life, you can still celebrate why is because Jesus even demonstrates here about his own life that he knows the end. But what really got my Kool-Aid stirred up was verse 35. Uh, and verse 35 says that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, wait a minute. In verse 34, Jesus has, been has told them that I'm going to be spit on, I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be killed. And here they didn't uh, show any compassion to what Jesus had to go through. All they did was talk about what they wanted. And they go like, Jesus, just show us some favor. Do whatever we ask you to do. Look at the next verse, verse 37. They said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left hand in your glory. And let's look at verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Let's read verse 43 together 
now. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to be great among you shall be of the things that we see that there's a principle in the kingdom of God and really promotion comes by serving. Promotion in the kingdom of God comes by, by serving. And so this morning what I want to do is very quickly is make three comparisons. Three comparisons. And as, as we look at these comparisons we'll see in this particular story and then we'll look at our own individual lives and see exactly what is it that God wants us to do. Now the disciples Asked Jesus to give them a position. Uh, Jesus, we want you to give us a position of honor and give us this position on your left hand and your right hand. Give us a position of honor. Now, Jesus has told them what he's going to go through, but they're not appreciative to what he's going through, that they're asking him for promotion in their own lives. And if we really look at this and think about this, and we would listen to our own prayers, we pray that way also. We ask for positions, we ask for more money, we ask for raises, we ask for better jobs. Now, it's not wrong to ask for these things, uh, because God wants us to have those things. Uh, and we want a, a, a better position, we want uh, um, more influence, we want more income. And we want these promotions, we want these positions. Why? It's because we want to make a difference with our lives. But Jesus is teaching them something. And what Jesus is really saying to them, his disciples, when he tells them about uh, he that, is, uh, it, it, that the Gentiles lord over, they use their position as a, a, a place of authority, of commanding people rather than of serving them. But not you, he says, for your position should be used for serving now, when, what's interesting about this is that uh, Jesus is telling them, and I want you to just get this. I want you to write this down. What Jesus is giving them, he's giving them a lesson. And that lesson is that if you value position, you will mistreat people. If your value is in the position that you hold, that you will mistreat people. And so what he's talking to them about is sitting versus serving. They're interested in the seat that they're going to have, the position that they're going to have, and Jesus is interested in them serving because he knows that serving is the place where promotion comes. And so he says to them, he says, look, if you value your position, then what will happen is that you will mistreat people. And we, so we recognize then that God's favor is not for position, or it's not for status, but it's for serving. Remember Joseph and the story of Joseph? Joseph got favor uh, with God and favor with man, and then he got a position, but in every position that he had, it was a position of serving. And because he served in the position that he had, then he began to get a greater position, a higher permission, position. Promotion came, but it came because of his service. And so I want to just kind of share with you just a, for a moment a couple of things that are benefits. Because when we talk about serving, let's look at benefits of serving, some of the benefits of serving. Number one, that what serving does is it helps you discover your meaning for your life. No one wants to live life without, um, not, without knowing that their life really matters, that they have meaning. So what serving does, it helps you discover meaning for your life. 
1 Corinthians 12, and you don't have to turn there, what it does is it compares the church with the human body. And it talks about how our bodies are made up of many different parts, but they have a specific, but they serve a specific function. And so it compares the church with the human body because we, our, the, the church is made up of many parts, but every person have a specific purpose. And so when they are working and serving together, then what God created it to be becomes beautiful. But can you imagine if you've got a heart that's over here that's disconnected from your body? That the heart cannot fulfill its purpose, what God meant for the heart to do and how he meant for it to function, it can't serve its purpose alone. The kidney None of those things. And so, too, as he compares the church with a human body, when we are alone, when we are not serving, we cannot fulfill the purpose and the function that God has us in the body to fulfill. And so what what it does is that serving helps us uh, see uh, the meaning in our life, discover the meaning. The second thing that I want to give you as the benefit of serving is that serving allows us to experience miracles. It allows us to experience miracles. Now, when we look at that and recognize that if serving allows us to to experience miracles, my God, uh, we would want to even serve more. Remember Jesus' first miracle was at at the wedding at Cana. And uh, they ran out uh, out of wine. And so Jesus told some servants, he says, I want you to fill the water pots with water. And as they filled and obeyed him and humbled himself to do what he had instructed them to do, that uh, the Bible says that by the time that they served the water, the water was no longer water, but it had turned into wine. And only the servants experienced the miracle. The people that were at the party that were being served did not know the difference But those that were serving knew that Jesus had done something that only he could do. And so what serving does is it uh, uh, allows us to experience miracles in our lives. And the third thing I want to give you today is that serving helps to see people as Jesus sees them. My God, serving helps us to see people as Jesus sees them. The writer in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, writes, he says these words, work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Mm. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is who? Is who? The master you are serving is Christ. So on your job, you're not really working for the man. You're not really working for the company. You're working for Christ. See, you're not working for someone that can be seen. You are working for someone that is unseen. And he says that whatever you do, work willingly at it because you are working for the Lord. And so isn't it wonderful to know that no matter how much you make, how much your company do for you, they can never match the reward that God has for you. I was thinking this week about Chick-fil-A because we say that serving helps us to see people as Jesus sees them. Chick-fil-A 
Have you ever noticed it seems like it's always crowded except for on Sundays? It's always, it seems like that it's always crowded. And, and I asked myself the question this week, why is Chick-fil-A always crowded? You know why? It's because the people that work there are happy people. They're happy. I, I, I'm telling you that, that when you ask them for something, or when they do something, when, 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 uh, when they give something to you and, and you may ask for a request from them, they will tell you two words. And what are those words, church? My pleasure. Now, now you hear that now in other fast food restaurants, but it was Chick-fil-A that started that thing. See, in, in, in previous restaurants, when you hear that and you say, you know what, thank you, it says no problem. But now you hear that in Chick-fil-A. Gwen and I were at a restaurant, and it was amazing to me that in this restaurant, I felt like I was at Chick-fil-A. Why? Because this guy kept saying, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. I said, he went to Chick-fil-A school of service. <laughs> you know what, Gwen and I, uh, I, I was sitting in the restaurant, and it was shocking to me that uh, uh, they, uh, restaurant right up here on 762, Chick-fil-A, and, and this guy comes around, and he says, uh, may I refill your drink? And I go, oh my gosh, in a fast food restaurant? Now, other places are doing that now, but it was first Chick-fil-A. Now, uh, Gwen and I were traveling, and we were in the car, and we decided to stop. And, uh, and so when we came to the counter, we went our separate ways, and we came to the counter. And when we came to the counter, I said, Gwen, while we were waiting in line, I said, Gwen, in my bathroom, they were playing at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And she says, in the women's uh, uh, restroom, they were playing the blood. I said, my goodness. Now, it wasn't the old southern gospel hymn. It was like a, a, a new kind, but I recognized that song. In the atmosphere, they were permeating the atmosphere with the values. So, so I encourage you that the next time you go to Chick-fil-A, look at the small things that they do to cause what, uh, the, the, their service to be enjoyable. And so notice this, that many, the food is good, the places, is, uh, the restaurants are clean, but people go there not because of what they are being served, but how they are being served. Mm. Man, I feel like some Chick-fil-A now. So, so, so Jesus is talking to his disciples, sitting versus serving. And he tells them that if you value your position, you'll mistreat people. If you value position, you'll mistreat people. If you value position, I, I need a position. I need a title. Now, second thing that I want to share with you this morning, these three comparisons that I'm doing, first sitting versus serving. The second one is comfort versus sacrifice. Jesus set an example of how we are to live our life of sacrifice. Do you know what the enemy of sacrifice is? The flesh. Because it's our flesh that starts whining when we serve. Acts chapter 9, verse 15 and 16, Jesus talks a little bit about the challenge of serving. And in 15 and 16, Acts 9, let's read that together. Like we know it is the word of his power. 
now. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Now he's talking about Saul of Tarsus. Let's read it together now. For I will show him how many things for my name's sake. See, if you are sacrificing or suffering without succeeding, don't worry about it. Why? Because someone else will come behind you and will succeed. But if you are succeeding without sacrificing, someone else has already suffered. And so what, what this does is it shows us here that responsibility, it shows us how to walk uh, in, in our lives when sacrifice is required. And that's what he says. So keep in mind that people come to America not because they've lived here, but because of what they have read and heard about what America, uh, the life in America uh, is like. But notice this, people, when they come into the kingdom, people will come into the kingdom not only because they heard about the king, but because they have seen and heard about what life is like in the kingdom. And Jesus says that when you, when you, when you are serving over sitting, and when you're willing to sacrifice versus being comfortable. That others that are on the outside of the kingdom recognize what life is like on the inside of the kingdom. And do you know what? If you really see it, you can see it, that you'll be a lot happier. You, that your life will have a lot more meaning. And it does. Why is it that uh, the people at Chick-fil-A are so happy? Look, Gwen and I, uh, I'm not going to name the, the place. Gwen and I went to a restaurant. This week, oh, Lord, it was, to me, it was one of the unfavorable experiences I've had. First of all, the server was not happy with the job she had. Now, she didn't value position, but she didn't value serving. And it was, it was amazing. I, I, was just, I was just blown away how expensive it was for the service that you got and the food that you got. But, 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 but I, I said that to say this, that um, just because, notice that when someone serves right, they're happy. I mean, I got my water like 15 minutes after my food came. Man, my throat was so dry, scratching. I never asked her. I never bothered her. I did give her a 20% tip. Oh, Lord. So, so but, but, but I want you to see that contrast. She's not serving and not happy with what she's doing, and she's miserable. There's this person over here that says, eat more chicken. They're serving, but they're happy. So, so notice how, see, some things don't make sense, <laughs> but he says that he'll use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And so notice what happens when we serve. Now, and so we recognize then it's comfort versus sacrifice. The third comparison I want to just kind of share very quickly with you this morning is temporary versus eternal. So we've looked at sitting versus uh, serving. Jesus says if you value position, you'll mistreat people. Then we've looked at uh, comfort versus sacrifice. And he lets us know that there's a relationship between sacrifice and, and, and success. But then the third one is temporary, temporary versus eternal. 
eternity. See, James and John, they were really focused on the temporary. They said, hey, man, give us a position on the right hand and the left hand. Uh, we want a position of honor. We want a position. We want a promotion. And Jesus told them, he says, you don't know what you're asking for. He says, are you able to handle what I'm going to go through or what it takes to t get this position? And they says, we are able. And he says, okay, you're, 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 you're going you're gonna, to uh, see if you're able, able to handle this, but it is not for me to give you that seat. But the seat is given to the one who it has been prepared for. Notice this. Our purpose for serving is not really about what I get right now. What I get in the here and now. That's not the purpose of serving. The purpose of serving is not about uh, the temporary rewards. Our purpose of serving is for eternity. You know, Irving McManus, he said something really, really powerful that, that I really uh, like this quote that he said. He says, the best proof of life after death is the life lived before death. The best proof of life after death is the life lived before death. He says that based on the life that you live before death, it makes death irrelevant. <laughs> so what we recognize then is that um, our serving is really not about the here and now, but our serving is about eternity. And James and John, that they were so focused on the here and now. And I want to ask you this question, is why would Jesus go to the cross if we were not to be with him forever in eternity? Because, see, there's no reason to sacrifice your life if it's just for a temporary moment. But see, the sacrifice is for eternity. And as we think about serving, that there are good organizations uh, in our community that, 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 that serve well. We've got the United Way that serves the community well. We've got uh, Attack Poverty that serves the community well. We've got Target Hunger that serves the community well. But the difference between the church and these organizations is that we do it for eternity. And so... Favor is not for status, but it is for serving. Serving will help us discover the meaning uh, for our lives. And we recognize then that serving allows us to experience miracles. And, and serving will help us see people the way Jesus sees them. You know what, church? Sometimes people don't receive our gospel until they see your heart. And if we at the Champion Center can be a hinge in this big gospel door. That if we could be a strong hinge in what we can do by serving is that we can op help open the gospel door so that those that are on the outside can access grace. That's what God wants to do with us. It's not about position.